Hello, everyone. This is Brian with Good Dog Workshop, your podcast resource for successfully working with your dog. We'll help you sift through all the wrong and ridiculous information out there. We'll help you understand dogs and how to effectively work with the dog's nature, not against it. In short, we'll teach you how to speak dog. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. We appreciate your support. I'm joined once again by my good buddy, Carlos, out in Austin, Texas. How are you, Carlos? Good. Good to be with you again. Uh, This time around, we're going to have a series of podcasts, uh, humanizing your dog, why not to do it. Okay. And, and so we want to start with sound. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. We want to start with, with uh, specifically human voice. Yeah, so the, the, this, is, this is something that everyone sees. I think it starts from childhood, right? Uh, you have baby talk if you're a parent to your child and you're, yep. you, grow up, you grow up as a child and you're used to hearing your parent talk to you a different way. And then as you grow older, hopefully that changes. Uh, but sometimes it doesn't, so that sticks with you. So that's how you learn as a human, that when you talk to a younger, immature human, sometimes we have a, a tendency to change our voices, and, and we call it baby talk, and sometimes we don't even realize we do it. And then when we have a dog, we do the same things, but a lot of times that is kind of productive. Yeah, exactly. And this is this is funny that you brought this up this morning because this morning's client was doing that with her, with her dog, is she... We were working on some calm exercises following Vivian around their yard calmly, I think, because the dog was a 11-month-old um, uh, Irish setter. Really, really nice, pretty dog, but very high energy, and he wasn't getting enough exercise and was really excited to see my dogs, even though he had met them before. And so we were just following Vivian around the around the yard with him on leash. So she was learning how to, how to correct him on – the owner was learning how to correct him on leash. Sure. And – uh, finally got him calm. And then when I said, okay, you know, just go ahead and let him go and he can go up to her on his own. She said, okay, go ahead and meet your new friend. I was like, oh, we were just working on a calming exercise. You just spoiled it by <laughs> letting off the brake and stepping off the gas. And she yeah. understood that, but she immediately explained, well, that's my relationship with my dog. I like him and he's fun. And, you know, it was one of those things. So yeah, a lot of people run in, run into this, uh, this problem. Well, and you have to understand too. I mean, we're not saying don't have fun with your dog. No, your of course not. For that matter, we're not. You know, we're, we're, not, we're not the fun police here. We we are very affectionate with our dogs. And we're very playful as well. The issue here is dogs are so sensitive, especially right. with especially with their hearing, that the more high pitched sounds you make, I believe, especially from a young age, the more confusion you add, and then if you keep doing it the more your dogs will end up tuning you out. So what does this mean? This means they know that your voice no longer carries any authority. Right. And that becomes a problem when, of course, you're walking your dogs and you need to get their attention. So it's something you really need to be uh, cognizant of and practice a lot, especially if you're going to walk your dog, which you should be doing, and meeting other dogs. Because sometimes your voice is a powerful tool, and sometimes if you're not using it correctly and you're doing a lot of baby talk, it will backfire and your dog will just plain, plain old ignore you or they may think there's something wrong with you and get extra excited, like what you were talking about with this Irish setter, and set off a series of hyper or unsettled behavior, uh, unstable behavior. So, Absolutely. And I, I want to reiterate to our, to our listeners out there, we are absolutely not saying that you can't have fun with your dog, that you can't use a high voice. As a matter of fact, I recommend that people use a, use a high voice, put a lot of energy 
into into their uh, their their voice and and open up their their body posture when they're recalling their dog because we want to attract our dog. So we're not saying never do it, but there's a time and a place to do it. And when you're trying to get your dog to be calm, using that voice, adding that type of energy is not the is not the place for it. Because I've got you know I've got. A funny voice for for all of my dogs here, and they each have a theme song, and that's my business. That's none of you know. Um, well, what, yeah, they, what is it? <laughs> yeah, 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 a little de- little demo, please. Uh. Yeah, they, they've each got a theme song, and I sing to them and all that nonsense. But that's not the majority of my relationship with them, and that's that's really the difference here. Is that if most of your relationship with your dog is about structure and guidance and discipline, and then you know, the, the, the fun, the friendship, the companionship is beneath that. That's great. That's really how to, how to work it. Cause that's how dogs work with each other within their pack. But if your relationship is first and foremost, oh, he's my buddy. I wouldn't do anything without him. And, you know, people were mean to him and you know, all that, all that human nonsense and putting our friendship with the dog above our leadership with the dog. Yeah. Then, then it's, it's kind of backwards there. We don't want to be doing that. Yeah, I agree. And there was something that I thought of too. And Caesar talks about this um, one of his previous seasons way back when. And I think this is actually true. Caesar Milan the Dog Whisperer. Yeah, Caesar Milan the Dog Whisperer. Now, if you consider that, let's say, 70 to 80% of your communication with your dog is high pitch. Oh, you're so cute. Who's my boy? <laughs> Who's my girl? Oh, look at that. Right? And this happens a lot too. If you go to like PetSmart, Petco, yeah, they they tell you when you when you're telling your dog to sit, praise, 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 praise. So we we learn this, and you continue it, and the dog becomes an adolescent, an adult. Consider this: as Caesar Milan says this, your dog only identifies you and your voice as as a form of weakness, right? So it's like um, consider an animal being in pain, or you know a wild animal trapped they're, they're going to make high pitch sounds because that's a distress call if you're caught if you're all if you're ma- the majority of all your communication with your animal is high pitch it's a form of weakness and, and what happens is when you need to come across as being authoritative and assertive and in, in different scenarios guess what you haven't practiced that you haven't practiced what it is to sound authoritative to sound serious to sound uh, ready to, to get your dog's attention. No nonsense. I know Brian, anybody who's worked with Brian knows he has a very good, strong voice when his dogs are not paying attention outside, trying to get their attention, right? It's very, very sharp, very quick. And you can tell the dogs respond to that, but he's practiced it. Right. But if he, if you were doing 70, 80% of, oh my God, you're so cute. Look, who's my baby? Who's my, right. Then you don't <laughs> practice that. And your dog only knows you as having this high pitch, maybe distress call coming out of your body. And maybe not only is your voice weak, but maybe you're weak. Right. right. So, so you have all these factors that are developing from a young age, assuming you have your dog when it's a puppy that you don't realize is going to hurt you later. Well, but like you said earlier is we learn these through our parents when we're little, at least most of us do. Most, most parents do talk differently to their infants and their kids than they do when, when the, the children are, are you become adolescents. Um, not all, but so we kind of learn that as, as uh, young human beings. And then we start doing that with our dogs because that's what it seems we've been trained to do with smaller creatures. And so we treat them like babies. Yeah. Don't do that with dogs, with human babies. That's fine. But with, with dog babies, we, we definitely don't, uh, don't want to do that with these guys. So, you know, I can hear the questions coming, coming already. And one question is, well, you know, my dog, um, 
here's my voice, but he won't respond to me because I don't have a deep enough voice like my husband does or my sure. you know, spouse does or, or whatever it is. So what's your advice to people who, who say they don't have a deep enough voice? I mean, that definitely can be a challenge. Um, I didn't realize I had a deep voice until I actually tapped into it. I, I think I used to speak up here, higher register. Hey guys, you know, until I was maybe in my, in my thirties when I learned to relax my throat, but, but I was still able to be effective uh, not because I had a deep voice uh, or had bass in my voice. It's because I could make a sharp sound and have it resonate across whatever. So, so right. It's not. It's not the the the, yeah. the tone. It's it's not the the uh, the the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The the deepness of your of your voice. You can. It's the, the intensity. Nature. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. It's the intensity. It's the it's the sharpness behind what you're put what the sound that you're putting out there so you know dogs respond to my sh my sharp snap very well i i wouldn't say that that's nearly necessarily deep or or not or high pitched but right. it's a sharp sound with intensity behind it and that's really the key here it doesn't matter how high or low your voice is it's that when you're given that verbal correction to your dog you have intensity behind it meaning you mean it right now i'm focused on my dog i want him to stop doing that and i can say hey Right. Get that dog to stop what he's doing. <laughs> Vivian just picked up her head. She's like, what? I'm just sleeping here. Well, I stopped what I was doing right there, too. Was like, oh, I yeah. Mean, sorry. And, uh, well, yeah, let's consider I this. Reach, I can reach all the way to Texas with my Yeah, voice. exactly. So well, let's consider this. Cesar Milan is 5'5". Five, five. And, okay. and, and I don't think he's got a deep voice at all. Not to mention he's got an accent. So, and he, and he makes his sounds notable and, and remarkable because why because he makes him sharp and short and tense so and, he, and he's even often doing a more of a ch sound which is right high and and it's not really using the voice so much as it is just letting air escape from from between your lips there so that's a yeah. that's a really good point it's not yeah. about how high or low your voice is it's the intensity it's a sharpness be, behind it so, um go ahead well, that's all I was going to say. I can, I, and kind of along the same lines as, as I can feel the other question is maybe then what do we substitute if we can't be, oh, good boy, oh, good girl, high pitch with our dogs? What do we substitute to, 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 to maybe be affectionate? Yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't need to be a substitute because I, in my mind, I'm thinking, hey, what, what, any extra energy that I want to give my dog, exactly. I do physically. So, and that's and that's that that's the point that I've been making to a lot of clients recently. Is there's actually four ways to um, to reward your dogs. You can give them food rewards, which is fine. But if you only give food rewards, you will always have to give food rewards. Um, you can give verbal praise. You can say "good boy," or you can say "what a good boy." See the yep. difference there. One yep. is low key, not giving so much energy. The other one is tons of energy. You're stepping on the gas. You're taking him from calm to excited with that. Uh, number three is like you, like you said, uh, physical affection is just reach down and kind of grip into his neck and give him a massage. And what dog yep. isn't going to, isn't going to dig that. And then number four, which most people don't think about is sharing positive energy with him, just being pleased with him, looking down at him like, all right, he just did, he did an awesome sit. What a good boy, but you're not verbalizing it. You're just thinking it. And if you don't believe me on this, any of our listeners out there, yeah. next time you come into your, your house, you get home from work or whatever in a lousy mood, I bet someone else in the house can read that already with you having at, without you having to say anything to them, or you can do it with them. 
we animals are good at reading the energy of other animals. So if we can share positive energy just by being pleased with our dogs, they can feel it. Yeah, and that's what I was going to add. Actually, you, you basically mentioned it. It, it. Trust us or trust your dog that, that they know the difference. Right? Oh, they're, yeah. They're able to pick up on the subtlety of good boy or good boy. They, right. they, know, they know they're getting praised either way. They're able to distinguish that, oh, this is a low-key good boy, and I'm going to take that and, 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 and understand it, but I'm not going to get excited because there's no need. Okay, now consider well, – go ahead. I was just just gonna just gonna say, the next step here is there is no need within the dog for that excitement, but there is a need within the person. Red doesn't need me, need me to sing his theme song to him, yeah. and you know, hundred bucks for someone who can guess his theme song. I'm just kidding. Um, it's made, <laughs> it's, ma- it's made up like all the theme songs are. Chunky but, boy, chunky boy. <laughs> oh, almost, almost. <laughs> that's just that's just a nickname. Um, Red doesn't need me to sing to him. Okay. I like doing it because I think it's funny. So people give affection, and that is a form of affection, to their dogs mostly because it's something we want to give, either because we feel that in the moment or, you know, going into into some psychology here is because we didn't get enough affection in that day or previously yeah. in in our, in our adulthood or childhood or, or whatever it was. So we are giving something to our dogs that we want to give in that, in that moment, but they don't need it. The need is usually from us and not, uh, not that the, not from the, from the dog. So oftentimes we pick up a dog and we will coddle it because we need to do that. Not because the dog needs to be picked up and, and coddled again. That's uh, that's humanizing. And that'll be, that'll be part two, the physical aspect of it. But, um, yeah, just understand people that a lot of the stuff that we do with our dogs is first and foremost for us and not for them. Right. And, um, and here, let's put this at real, real world application that this is when I think it hurts people the most. And we're not talking about puppies. Puppies are almost universally accepted as being harmless because they're just curious and it's, there's really no such thing as an aggressive puppy, but as your dog gets older and more capable and starts to tap into their guard dog nature and you're walking your dog, this is where I think having a high pitch voice hurts people, right? Your dog's on a leash, you're walking it and you approach another person, stranger with another dog. What do a lot of people do? That's a good boy. Be a good boy. Look who's here. Look at me. Right. So, Mm -hmm. so we get this going on and I believe a lot of times it causes not soothing in the dog. It causes an, a, a sense of alert because they're like, why are you making this hype? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm acting like I'm the dog. I'm interpreting the sound from, that my owner's making as high-pitched. And this is what Caesar talks about. Only animals in distress make high-pitched sounds. So then now you're basically presenting a high-pitched sound that maybe your dog is like, hey, you know, are you in danger? Are you in distress? Do right. I need to watch it? Do I need to guard you? Why are you making this high-pitched sound when this strange dog is coming towards me? You're not even letting me evaluate for myself right. what it is that I need to be worried about. Should I be, should I be worried? Should I be curious? But but you don't let your dog get into that curious nature because you're immediately like, oh, that's a good boy. And then you're on top of that, you know, this is another subject, on top of that, most people are adding tension to the leash. So, a lot of times recipe for disaster, but it would be a lot better if you relaxed, went about your day as usual. I would say even go in the opposite direction. Go even more calm. Be more more uh, sedate. Sedate? I don't know. If sure. Right? And your dog will pick up, oh, this is really a calming uh, associative experience. Right? So 
Yeah, exactly. And and again, we'll get into this more. People can do that with uh, with touches as well. And if you're if you're not putting your dog in a in a in a state of tension or a state of concern, at the very least, with with a high excited voice, you're adding energy. And again, if we want our dog to be calm as another dog is walking towards us on the on the path, and we start using our voice and getting him excited we're we're defeating our own our own purpose in this so if you are going to use a voice just like carl said it's good boy settle down that's it but better yet add nothing because it's too easy for us to inadvertently add energy by using our voice than to just be silent if you're being silent you're not adding energy and that's a that's a great way to remind yourself to work with your dog in quiet because that's what they do with each other yeah, and I want to add this something that I just thought of, and and it's very true. Just yeah, because please. there's just because there's silence doesn't mean that, that there's no there's not a sound, right? So just because you're quiet and maybe your dog's quiet doesn't mean that there's no sound. What do I mean by that? That I mean, in the absence of human or animal sounds, nature steps in, right? Sure. Whether it's the wind, whether it's a tree, whether it's a cricket, okay, and that is automatically, uh, I would say, a calming element that people should take into consideration when they're out and about just because nothing is being said by you or the dog or someone else in your, in your area. doesn't mean that there's not sounds. There's always going to be sounds, right? So silence is a sound. If you look at it in form and in, in the, in the, in the sense that nature is a sound. And a lot of times that's enough to calm a dog down because they're like, Oh, this, I can pick up on this sound and it's not threatening. And this is a calming sensation and the smell and the wind and that so on and so forth. So let that be, uh, another element that you uh, use uh, going forward, right? Another reason to to be yeah. silent when working yes, with exactly. your with your dog, and and also when we are quiet, then we can really focus on yeah. our dog's body language, which goes back to uh, the podcast that I put up yesterday. Know your dog, so that if I shut my mouth, then I'm I'm finally listening. Because typically, they, as they always say, if you're if you're talking, you're not listening. So if I stop talking to my dog, then I'm looking at him watching his ears, watching his, um, his head, his tail, how he moves his, his feet. I can see his, uh, his chest for his breathing. I can also hear his breathing, listen for, uh, for, um, you know, the, the breathing to change from, from his mouth to his nose. Maybe he's picking up a scent, following that around, but it makes such a huge difference when you kind of block out yourself, your own verbalization and really step into the dog's world and pay attention to your dog and other dogs as they do with each other, which is mainly without any kind of voice. Yeah, for sure. It's, 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 it's definitely not, not needed, uh, especially when you're out and about and consider the last thing I'll add here as an example is if you've ever been pulled over by the police, you know, that they that no matter how stressed you are inside that car, it could, maybe you knew what you did, maybe you didn't know what you did wrong. The police always come to you in a calm manner, and that's there's a reason for that because they <laughs> they know you're already in a in an anxious state, so they're not going to come knock on your window, be high pitched, be high, you know, rapid pace. Be, you know what I mean? So right, that's consider, a, consider that as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point because that can escalate a, a situation for sure. So they're that, trained like, to do this. It's not that they're all very nice and passive. Right, they're right. trained they're trained to be, Hey, how you doing, sir? Uh, you know, why they pulled you over today? They're very, 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 very common. That's by design. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. 
Excellent, yeah. uh, excellent note to end with. So, um, if you have any questions about this uh, this podcast or uh, or any of ours, actually, just go ahead and give us a call at 703-489-1319. We appreciate this and any other topics you guys would like us to to address. But next time we will be talking about uh, the similar topic, but with regards to the physically handling of your dog and how people humanize their dogs by by doing that. Um, yep. So, please. Uh, give us a review on uh, on iTunes um, through the through a podcast or Buzzsprout or wherever you listen to your your uh, your podcast here, yep. and write us a nice review. We would appreciate that. Help spread the word so that more people get this good information that we're that we're putting out here. And follow us on on YouTube and uh, and Facebook as well. We've got a couple of uh, good big videos coming out here that I've been working on the past couple of weeks, um, and. You can always reach us directly here at 703-489-1319, text or phone. Thanks again for joining us, Carlos. I appreciate this. This is a cool topic. Yep. And we will talk to you all later. Thanks again. Thank you.